everybody. Hey, why don't we stand quickly to our feet. I want to start the gathering by reading Psalm 150 to us tonight. Psalm 150, it says, Praise the Lord. Praise God in His sanctuary. Praise Him in His mighty heavens. Praise Him for His acts of power. Praise Him for His surpassing greatness. Praise Him with the sounding of the trumpet. Praise Him with the heart and the lyre. Praise Him with the timbrel and dancing. Praise Him with the clash of cymbals. Praise Him with the resounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Do you have breath tonight? Does anyone have breath in their lungs apart from these fellas? Let everything that has breath Praise the Lord. Now, I thought this would be a good way to get us started and, and get us all a little bit involved at the, the start of the night. So, I thought before I get the rest of you guys involved, we'll start with the musos because they're already jamming. So, why don't we have Stanley? Why don't you show us how to praise on the keys? Come on, clap your hands. Why don't you show us how to praise on the guitar? Come on, give him a hand. Yeah. Turn him up, Mr. Soundy. All right, Sam Demet on the bass. Come on. All right, Luke Rogers on the drums, take it away. Say, what can I do? Well, hey, we can use our hands. So why don't we praise God with a clap? Come on. All right, and we can also praise God with our mouths. So why don't we give God a shout of praise? Yeah, thank you, God. All right, now that you're all warmed up and you know how to praise, get into it. Oh, that's all clap. I see like seven people clapping and they're all on that side of the stage. <laughs> You're all supposed to be young, come on. Praise the Lord, my soul, with all my being. 
Praise the Lord, oh my soul, with all I am. Praise the Lord, oh my soul, with all my being. Praise you, Lord, oh my soul. Praise the Lord, oh my soul, with all my being. Praise the Lord. With all I am, praise the Lord, oh my soul. With all my being, praise you, Lord. Oh my soul, praise the Lord, oh my soul. With all my being, praise the Lord, oh my soul. Oh, my 
praise you, God. We're not here for a performance, God. We're not here just because, Lord, we're here to worship you and lift your name high. That's why we're here, God. And we pray that tonight you would be glorified, you would be lifted up, you would be exalted on high, known as the King of Kings, worthy of all our praise, God. So tonight we put you in the focus. We put you at the center. Anything else we lay down beside us, God, and we seek you. We set our hearts and our eyes and our focus upon you wholeheartedly tonight, God. Amen. Amen. Thanks, band. Hey, why don't you grab a seat for one second before we continue in our worship. Hey, awesome to have you here tonight. If this is your first time to activate or maybe your second time, massive welcome. It's great to have you here. Uh, I see some old faces. Good to see you, Eli. Glad to have you back from Auckland. And uh, if you've been here at at Activate a long time, if you've been to Activate and this is a gathering, you've been here a long time, massive welcome to you too. It's great to have you. And I'd like to particularly welcome uh, Kerry and Janine from New Plymouth. Great to have you guys here with us tonight. Hope you have a fantastic time. Awesome. Well, Wayne, should we do birthdays and anniversaries? Why don't we do that? Have you had a birthday or anniversary? Oh, Michaela. Yeah, you do. Come on. Come on. Has it been your birthday? Yeah, get out here. Come on. Can you see it? I'm... No, I won't say that actually. I was going to dig myself a hole. Come down here. Hey, church, why don't we stand and we're going to pray blessing over these guys. Father, thank you for your family. We declare blessing, health, favour, prosperity and protection over them this year. Activate your love and goodness through each one. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, birthdays are worth being excited for. Actually, something else worth being excited for. Who's finished the exams? I finished my, yeah, Lisa has. Isn't it good? Have you finished your exams? Well done. I hope you got good grades. All right, a couple of highlights just to bring to your attention. School of the Spirit is coming up this weekend. If you haven't registered, uh, get involved. Uh, I'm going to be there. It's going to be fantastic. It's pretty much living life uh, with the Holy Spirit and understanding how we can live from God's power is crucial. Uh, And this is going to be a a crash course. It would be right to say it's a crash course in living in the Holy Spirit. Uh, Prophecy. healing, a whole range of things. So it's going to be a crash course. You're going to walk out feeling far more confident and going out into your everyday life, uh, knowing pretty much what to do, walking in obedience uh, with what Holy Spirit is asking of you. And on your seats, you might have seen a postcard that looks like this. This is to Chris Harding. So on the back, there are some prayer points there. So remember Chris in your prayers as you go. So have a look at one of these. It's awesome that we're able to support our missionaries uh, and get involved with that. So band, why don't we continue with our worship? Last minute announcement, just so you know. Next weekend, we've got Helen Calder with us, who's doing the School of the Spirit. And then she's here on Sunday. But in the morning, we're doing things differently. We're meeting at, uh, we're doing a combined meeting at 9am. There will be no 10.30 gathering. So if you're coming in the morning, 9 a.m., and then we'll have uh, 
morning tea after that. But uh, because Helen's going to be here and then she's flicking over to TA to um, be with the Strong. So if you're going to be here next week, she will be here at 9am and 6pm. Cool. While I've got the mic, um, I'll just let you know as well that uh, Luke Ferber, who's been leading youth for the last few years, has resigned from leading the youth. He's going to pursue some study for the next few years. So good on him for doing that. Political science, whatever that means. Um, It sounds exciting though. And so if you are sitting there and you are just like, far out, God has called me to be the ultimate youth leader champion of the world, we will be taking expressions of interest. So, you know, if you want to say, hey, think about me, you feel free to put an expression of interest in and um, you may get lucky, you never know. Thanks. Take it away, band.
good, good Father. It's who you are. It's who you are. It's who you are. And I'm loved by you. It's who I am. It's who I am. It's who I am. Come on, sing it out one more time. Good Father. It's who you are. really get the sense tonight that God is wanting to reveal how good He is to us. We have a good Father. Yes. And I really believe that Holy Spirit tonight wants to, it's almost like remove the blinders of some people here who are, who are just feeling like God doesn't love them or doesn't care for them. And I've just, I've just asked the band to continue with that chorus, but this is a moment between you and God. It's not between the person next to you. So if you need to sit down, if you need to lie down, if you need to come kneel out the front, I want to give you the freedom and opportunity to do that. But I believe that as you respond, Holy Spirit will meet you and there's going to be something that's going to shift within your life, within the things that you're feeling right now. And there's going to be a peace and a freedom that will come as Holy Spirit comes. So as you guys continue... I would invite you to respond to God as you feel you need to. Oh, it's love so undeniable. I, I can hardly speak your peace so Unexplainable, I, I can hardly think as you call Deeper still as you call Deeper still as you call Deeper still into love You're a good, good father. It's who you are. It's who you are. It's who you are. And I'm loved by you. It's who I am. It's who I am. It's who I am. You're a good, good father. It's who you are. It's who you are.
I really feel that um, Heavenly Father wants to remind us that He has poured out all of His love upon us, all of His love, and the fact that He sent His, His one and only Son for us. He's poured out all of His love. And I feel that He wants to not only remind us of that, but He wants to also remind us that we need to receive. He, he longs, He desires us to receive His love because it is all poured out upon us. His love is poured out upon us, but He desires us to receive it, to receive it even not only uh, the same every single day, but anew, afresh, afresh every single day, to receive His love afresh every single day because He's poured it out. He's poured it out upon us. So receive, receive His love. respond to that for a minute or two. I simply want us to stand and receive, sit and receive. Two, one. 
thank you, God, you are a good Father. That we don't have to do anything. Lord, that whatever we do, whatever we've done, you remain a good, good Father. Lord, however far we run away, <laughs> you remain a good Father. We don't qualify for your love. You give it to us freely. Oh God, we glorify you for that. Thank you so much. Thank you, God. good thing that we don't have to meet a standard we don't have to meet a criteria to achieve or earn God's love he gives it to us freely and if you're feeling tonight that you need a bit of love God gives it freely so receive it take it on awesome thanks Ben you guys are legends come here let's give them a hand grab a seat here grab a seat well it's my privilege and pleasure to invite Melina to come up and speak to us tonight. Now, I haven't heard the ins and outs of her message, but I'm sure it's going to be fantastic. And I would encourage you to open your ears, open your heart, and allow Holy Spirit to speak what He's going to speak to you tonight. Come on, let's give Melina a massive round of applause as she comes. Hello. Evening, church. Hi, Ellie. <laughs> Cynthia, my flatmate, popped in to say hello tonight, so that's awesome. Um, could the lights just be turned down a little bit, please? They're quite bright. Thank you. So, yes, hello. My name is Melina Perkins, and um, I'm one of the young adults here at Activate Church, and it's an awesome privilege um, to be able to share with you tonight. Um, and I'd just really like to thank our musicians as well. I know they've skived off, but um, they do an awesome job. So could we give them another round of applause, guys, because I think they're amazing. Awesome. I'm just going to open in prayer. Lord, we come to you tonight, and we thank you so much that you are a good Father. We thank you that you love us unconditionally, Father. We thank you that you have good things for us, that we as your children um, are honoured to have you as our Father. And Lord, we thank you that you want us to learn more and more about who you are and your character and how much you love us. And I pray that you open our hearts tonight, Lord, um, that we each hear something from you that is special, Lord, something that we can um, relate to, something that we can take away. And we ask your blessing over this evening and the rest of this evening. Amen. Awesome. All right, I've got a lot of scripture tonight, so if you've got your Bible, try and follow along. Um, I won't go too quickly, hopefully, but... Just slow me down if you need to. So I'd like to start off in Proverbs. Uh, Proverbs 14, verse 29. It says, Whoever is patient has great understanding, but one who is quick-tempered displays folly. So that was Proverbs 14, 29. In Ephesians 4, verse 2, it says, Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. In Galatians 6, verse 9, it says, 
So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. And Romans 12 verse 12 says, Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. The Bible speaks about the attribute of patience over and over again. And this is something that God has recently been challenging me about. I've been seeing over and over again how patient our God is. You know, he's a good, good father. He's a patient, patient father, is what I was thinking during that song. And um, in Galatians 5, patience is listed as one of the fruits of um, the Spirit, if we have the Holy Spirit in us, in us, that is a fruit that is produced. And I've been really challenged um, by God lately how much patience is being produced in my life. And um, I would be the first to say, and I'm sure Peter would definitely agree, that patience is not one of my strong points. Um, even when I was praying about what to speak about tonight, um, I find my, found myself just wanting an answer from God straight away so that I could get to it. And it was like God was already talking to me about speaking on patience. So I actually looked up what patience means, because I know we know what it means, but do we really? I was surprised. In the dictionary, some dictionary I found online, it said, patience is defined as the capacity to accept or tolerate delay, problems, or suffering without becoming annoyed or anxious. So patience is defined as the capacity to accept or tolerate delay, problems, or suffering without becoming annoyed or anxious. Am I the only one who struggles with patience here, or is that... Is it more than me? Jan. Oh, Jan, yay. Someone to relate to. <laughs> um, so I think we all struggle with patience in little ways and big ways. And my mum often tells a story, maybe I've been impatient for forever, um, of when I was little. And I figured out that if I photocopied the pages in my colouring book, um, I could keep doing them over and over again and it wouldn't ruin my colouring book. But the problem was that I had to get them photocopied and I wasn't allowed to use the photocopier. And my mum says, and she uses the word demanding, that I got very demanding with my photocopying of the colouring, that I wanted it done now, and I don't care what mum and dad are doing, I want it photocopied now. And so I think it's a problem I've had for a while, according to my mum. But it's just a small childish example. But I think patience is something that is a real issue at the moment. Um, and I'm going to speak a little bit more about that later. But I think we do find um, not only the little things like the colouring in book issue, but the bigger things. You know, we're impatient to finish high school and start university. Um, we want to finish university so we can get a job, so we can have money. Um, we want God to bring that special person into our lives now, not in 10 years when we're an old lady with 10 cats. Um, not a problem anymore, but it was a real fear for a while there. Um, you know, we're not keen on waiting, and we're not keen on waiting patiently. Um, and I think too often we forget to slow down and stop and wait patiently for what God has in store for us um, because his timing is perfect um, and he has good plans for us. So I really believe that patience at the moment is something that our generation, us young ones and probably the older ones here, do lack. Um, I think I would say it's due to the technology that we've the, the big changes in technology we're experiencing, Every, everything is happening a lot faster. And we're growing up in a generation 
um, where we really have to wait. And I can see my flatmates laughing because we have no internet at the moment. Um, and it's been an interesting experience. I came home from work the other day <laughs> and my flatmates were just wandering around the house. And they, well, I walked in, Ellie's like, we're churning butter. It's the olden days. And we've been reading and playing board games and it's been great. Um, but I think that this, this technology and this impact of, of it is meaning that, yeah, we're not having to wait for anything in our generation. And this can have um, a detrimental effect on us because we're failing to learn that virtue of patience. Um, as I was preparing this, I decided I'd better get some facts to back up my concept. So I typed into Google, what did I write? Technology making us impatient. So I typed. I hit enter. And my computer cut out completely, everything. And I went, oh, oh my goodness, I just want to get this done. And then I was like, oh my goodness, the irony in it. I had to go and I had to go and restart my modem and I had to sit there. I must have been three minutes, but it felt like the longest three minutes of my life and I couldn't get over it. Um, I got there and it moved on. But it made me think about how, you know, we've come so far. Think back to dial-up. And then think now, fibre internet. I mean, who thinks they would struggle if they got dial-up now? I mean, I would. I'm going to admit that. Oh, I probably don't know what dial-up... Oh, what was that noise it made? It was like, yeah, very high-pitched beep. If someone called, you couldn't... It wouldn't go because you're on dial-up. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so studies have actually shown that this instant gratification is making us perpetually impatient. And... This need for instant gratification is not new, but it said our expectation of instant has become faster, and as a result, our patience is thinner, um, which is a crazy fact and quite scary. So I was reading a commentary on impatience, and it's a little bit wordy, but it's really profound, and it said, impatience is too prominently seen among God's people who are influenced by the present-day currents. How little true waiting on the Lord and for the Lord is practiced. How much reaching out after the things which are but for a moment and which will soon perish. In consequence, there is but little enjoyment of that which is the glorious and eternal portion of the saints of God. How great the haste and hurry of present day life. How little quietness and contentment. So the Bible teaches us a whole lot about patience. And tonight I'm going to just briefly touch on three awesome little Bible stories. Um, Abraham and Sarah, Joseph and Job. And from there I'm just going to pull one point from each of the stories. Is everyone going all right? Tracking along? Cool. Um, so most people know the story of Abraham and Sarah, but I'm just going to go through it anyway, in case you don't. So... In Genesis, we read that God promised Abraham that he would be the father of many nations. So in Genesis 12, 1 to 3, it says, The Lord had said to Abraham, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. You know, when God gave this promise to Abraham and Sarah, they didn't have any children. So how was God going to make him into a great nation? Again, in Genesis 13, 16, God says to Abraham, And I will give you so many descendants that like the dust of the earth, they cannot be counted. God continued to restate his promise to Abraham throughout the years, but they still didn't have any children. 
So they knew what God had said, but they didn't have evidence of this promise. Um, Again, they would ask themselves, and you can imagine it, them being quite confused. How are we going to, how is Abraham going to be the father of many nations if we don't have any children? Um, So they trusted God and they waited patiently, but they didn't wait perfectly. So the Bible tells us they actually took matters into their own hands. And Sarah organized it all that um, her husband Abraham would sleep with her servant, Hagar, um, and they had a son named Ishmael, but this wasn't the son uh, that God had promised them. Um, so they, they did what we so often do. They tried to hurry God along. Um, they wanted to do things their own way, but this is not what God had in store. And this brings me to my first point. So if you're taking notes, this is number one. God's grace covers us, and he still fulfills his promise in his perfect timing. God's grace covers us, and he still fulfills his promise in his perfect timing. Even, situation, even in situations when we mess up and we try to hurry God along, he still works, and his promises are still fulfilled. And this is what happened with Abraham and Sarah. Finally, when Abraham was 100 and Sarah was 90, they had a child named Isaac, And it took years of patiently waiting, um, but they did receive the promise of God. And his grace covered them, and he fulfilled his promise in his perfect timing, not theirs. And in Hebrews 6.15, it says of Abraham, And so after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. And this reminded me of the scripture, actually, Psalm 40, verse 1. I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me and heard my cry. And this is a promise that we can hold on to as well. So that's the first story. The second story is the story of Joseph. Um, So in Genesis 37, 27 to 28, we read how Joseph's brothers sold him as a slave. Um, And he didn't understand what was going on, but Joseph trusted God to work out his plan. And um, before Joseph had been sold, he actually had a dream that he would be a leader of of his people But how was this going to happen? Again, he'd be asking himself this if he's sitting in a prison cell. He had no idea what God was doing, but he believed that it was a promise from God and he held on to it. And he waited patiently and he worked faithfully in each situation he was in. And that's my second point, number two. We are called to patiently work faithfully in each situation we are in. So we are called to patiently work faithfully in each situation we're in. So we are called to make the most of each and every moment, each and every situation, even while we wait. We are called to whenever, wherever, be like Jesus, really. You know, don't wait until you go to university to, university to be a light for God. Be a light at high school. Don't wait till you get a job and get more money to be generous. Be generous now. You know, don't wish away your life. Don't waste it thinking about the future. Um, Otherwise, you do run the risk of wasting your time. And your time is precious. And the Bible warns us, again, um, not to waste our time. In Ephesians 5, 15 to 17, it says, So be very careful how you live. Do not live like those who are not wise, but live wisely. Use every chance you have for doing good because these are evil times. So do do not be foolish, but learn what the Lord wants you to do. And again, Psalm 39, 4 to 5. 
Lord, remind me how brief my time on earth will be. Remind me that my days are numbered, how fleeting my life is. See, Joseph didn't waste his time. Instead, he worked um, faithfully and he was patient. And it says that he worked for, for Potiphar and in his house. And all that he did, he succeeded in. Um, and God lifted Joseph up um, into power and responsibility. And not only did he lead his own people, but he led the people of Egypt as well. And see, great patience was needed um, to allow God to accomplish his purpose in Joseph. And so the third Bible story, Job. It's probably one of the most common Bible stories used um, around patience. And we read in Job chapter 1 um, that in order to prove his faithfulness to the Lord, God allows the devil to destroy everything that Job owned. And it says his crops, his property, his cattle, his servants, and most devastating of all, his children. Through it all, though, Job didn't blame God. He accepted that God had a plan, and he made the decision to wait and be patient for God to reveal that plan. And it was a decision he had to make, a conscious choice. In Job 2, we read he didn't listen to the ill counsel from his wife. And even when his friends came to advise him and try and get out of him what sin he'd committed to bring all of this bad stuff onto himself, he wouldn't admit to any sin because he knew that bad things happen to good people. And in all that happens, God has a plan. He lived out Romans 8:28. We know in all things God works together for the good of those who love him and those who keep his commandments. Job knew God had a plan and was willing to accept what God was doing in his life. And do you know what happened? God blessed Job. In Job 42.10, it's just incredible. We read that when Job prayed for his friends, the Lord restored his fortunes. In fact, the Lord gave him twice as much as before. Then all his brothers, sisters, former friends came and feasted with him in his home. They consoled him and comforted him because of all the trials the Lord had brought against him. And each brought him money and a gold ring. The Lord blessed Job in the second half of his life, even more than in the beginning. For now he had, now wait, 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, a thousand teams of oxen, a thousand female donkeys. I don't know what happens to the males. And he gave Job seven sons and three daughters. And Job lived 140 years after that. And it says he saw four generations of his children and grandchildren. And he died an old man who had lived a long, full life. And that brings me to my third point. God's plans are far greater than ours. Number three, God's plans are far greater than ours. You know, Job patiently endured trial after trial after trial, but in the end, God blessed him with so much more than he even had in the beginning. God's plans are far greater than ours. And in Ephesians 3.20, it says, Now all glory to God, who is able, through his mighty power at work within us, to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. So if God's plans are far greater than ours, then why not wait patiently to see them fulfilled? I'm going to do an activity shortly, but if the musicians could come up, that would be really awesome. You know, there are so many stories of patience in the Bible, but ultimately I think 
the best example is Jesus. You know, in Hebrews 12, it says of Jesus' death on the cross that it was something he endured. You know, while his crucifixion was for our salvation, the Bible also says it was an example for our lives. As well as this, before he died on the cross, you see um, Jesus patiently training his disciples. You know, after his miracles and proclamations of who he was, they still didn't get it. They were confused. They, were, they seemed quite slow, to be honest. Um, but anyway, Jesus worked with them patiently and right up and, um, until he was in the garden where he was taken to be crucified, he was still trying to teach them to persevere in prayer. Um, we've also talked about how we've got such a good father and how patient our father is and what an example that is to us. You know, God is so patient with us. Therefore, shall we not be patient to others? patient in our lives. Another commentary I was reading said, into this patience of Christ, our hearts are to be directed. It is to be the object of our contemplation and to be followed by us who belong to him. The patience of Christ must be manifested in our lives. We are to follow his steps. His humility, submissiveness, contentment, calmness, Patience and endurance in doing and suffering the will of God must be reproduced in our lives. Patience is key. So those three points. Firstly, when we mess up and try to hurry God along, His grace covers us and He still fulfills His promise in His perfect time. Secondly, we are called to patiently work faithfully wherever we are, whichever situation we are in. Thirdly, God's plans are far greater than ours. So why not wait patiently to see them fulfilled? So tonight, I want to challenge you all to just take one moment to think of an area in your life that maybe you need to work on being a bit more patient in. And the host team are about to hand out um, just little squares of paper and a pen. And I'd really love it if you could think and write down one, ten, if you're like me, things that you'd like to work on or something you um, know you need to be more patient in. It might be a big thing. It might be a little thing. Um, It's all the same to God. And we're going to have a basket up here um, that Peter's going to bring up. And I'd just really like you to come up and place it in the basket and just give it to God because we can't do this on our own. Um, As humans, we try and we try, but we've got to stop trying. We've got to give it over to God. Um, no one's going to read this, they're just going to be destroyed. But I just really feel like um, by actively doing it, we're asking God to help us. Um, and if anybody wants prayer, whether it's about patience or whether it's about anything else, please come up the front um, and someone would love to pray for, for you. So if we all wait patiently for the host team to hand out those bits of paper, um, they'll be awesome. Thank you.
Awesome. Thank you, Melina. Why don't we give her a massive round of applause? And yes, she is working at Patience, so. How much can I get away with now I've got the mic? I think I'll leave. I think I'll leave. <laughs> uh, I'm not very good with peer pressure, so I'll just leave it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, thanks, Melina. That was great. Um, oh, made me lose my train of thought. Hey, I want to open up um, the front tonight. And if you, anywhere in this message, felt you need to respond to something, uh, if there was anything there that spoke to you, I would love to pray with you. I know Melina would love to pray with you. And there might be something else that you just want prayer with, someone to stand with you and pray. So we're not going to finish the gathering with a with a loud song, say, off you go, but, but we're going to leave the, the front open for you to come up and be prayed with because we really want to stand with you in whatever you're going through, uh, big or small. But tonight, I want to also give an invitation for if you don't know Jesus, if you're not walking in a relationship with Him. For a moment, would you just bow your head and close your eyes and something from what Melina said might have sparked within you. You're saying, well, I'm not living a patient life. Jesus is though. He's waiting. He's waiting for you. He's not a a God that will intrude or interrupt. or Well, He will interrupt. But He's not a God who's going to intrude on what you're doing. He'll wait patiently for you. And can I tell you, walking in relationship with Jesus is the best decision that you could ever make, that I've ever made. And right now, briefly, I want to give you an opportunity. If you're saying, Peter, I'd, I'd love to just hear more about what this thing means to live in a relationship with Jesus. Would you give me a wave? Right now, would you give me a quick wave? Just scanning from left to right. church where I'd love to invite you to come up for prayer. Any prayer that you'd need or think you need, we've got a ministry team that would love to pray with you. But tonight as you go, please be purposed in your giving if you're a member of Activate Church. We've got giving stations on the left out in both foyers. And if you're new, we'd love to get to know you a little bit. Young adults, we're heading to the helm after this, so $5 pizzas. If you're new, if you've never gotten to know some of our crew, we'd love you to come along. Awesome. If you'd love prayer, please come up. Otherwise than that, bless you guys.